Hi, and welcome to the second episode of the On the Road podcast. I'm your host, Phil Owens, a.k.a. the OU Road Warrior. And with me today is a longtime friend of mine, uh, early internet uh, OU insider guy and uh, current <laughs> humane dog society guy, Mark Eby. Mark, how are you on this Sunday afternoon? I'm good. I'm good. Are we really going to go back to the 90s and talk about the internet and what it was like back then? Well, these people think that it was always Twitter and, and you know, <laughs> tweets and all these other things, and they don't understand what we went through. Only when we had ago. a message board that would crash every once in a while. <laughs> message boards and dial-up internet and, you know. Exactly. I, I, I vividly recall going to see uh, OU at, uh, in Washington, D.C. in the NCAA tournament, and I had to use my dial-up. And I got charged some, I mean, hundreds and hundreds of dollars by the hotel because <laughs> I had accessed dial-up through their telephone line. It, it so. You know what? Things have changed so much. I mean, I remember dialing in my apartment, and I think it was probably through AOL at the time, and trying to yeah. just get scores. And, you know, when, I, when we first started this, I was, when I was out at Fans Only, um, we were one of the first people to do broadcasts for uh, games. Nobody was doing broadcasts of games on the internet back then, even. Um, that was a brand new thing. And we, the first broadcast we ever did was a volleyball match between Minnesota and somebody else in the Big Ten. And we had oh, wow. the volleyball match. And now well, see, I look I, at how much. I remember, and we're, 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 we're talking about something we were going to talk about later at the beginning, but <laughs> oh well. Um, I remember on my original, you know, sort of hand, almost hand drawn website hand drawn by internet standards because I learned how to code HTML with a word processor. Um, but I used to pull whatever, I don't know, I think I think I actually did it manually. I would pull I would pull clips, I'd record the games and then I'd pull clips from games and post them. And that was before anybody was paying any attention. Of course, it's 62 <laughs> different kinds of copyright violations. You couldn't do it now. But for years, I had those clips up there. And nobody said a word. Yeah, nobody <laughs> nobody even cared back then. I mean, I and then you look nobody, at how much money Mark cared. Cuban That's made. True. Mark Cuban made what billions of dollars selling all that with broadcast.com. Well, yeah, that was where time. he made his first. That was how yep. he became a really rich guy. Was was it broadcast.com? Broadcast.com. Yep. Yeah, and he Cuban was broadcast.com and and Elon Musk was PayPal. Yeah. Yeah, That's it was it's incredible. Money. I mean, you think about it. we had a deal with Microsoft at the time at Fans Only uh to sponsor those games and to host them for us. And it was brand new. Nobody had done it before. Now I think about how much we should have expanded that and tried to do it even more. Yeah, well, of it, but it, it, it's pretty neat now, especially with like Learfield's got that app where now you can just go in that app and any any school you want to listen to, it's all there. It's all it's all free. It's yeah. it's, it's yeah. really neat. What they haven't discovered yet, and I don't know why, but very few of the teams archive their games. So you can go back and listen to them. Well, um, I, I know was, they're... I know they're saving them because OU, yeah. you know, in the summer they'll post, you know, three or four or five classic games, including they've post, posted some from back in the 70s. So I know they have yeah. the archive somewhere. Yeah. They really just need to host them all somewhere where you can go in video and audio where you can go in. People would pay for that if you could just go in yeah, and access I, whatever I, game you wanted. I'd like to and I'd like to go listen to the other broadcast, the other side. And to hear the other team, I remember back in 2000, the national championship year, I went and listened to the UTEP game after the fact, because we had UTEP at fans only, and they were saying how much they should have won the game, that they were the better team and that they should have won that game. Oh, that and was we the went game. on to win the was, national championship. That was the opener when it was 900 degrees. Yes. 
Exactly. Yeah. Fans only. Yeah. Well, we'll, we'll talk more about that, but, uh, uh, you were up close and personal on row four last night as OU, uh, beat SMU 28 to 11. And, uh, I'm sure the, I didn't, it was late. I didn't spend a lot of time with the aftermath last night. Mostly the aftermath was something unrelated to the game, which we'll talk about later, but, um, you know, I was okay with it. I mean, the, the offense was the offense was inconsistent in a, in a lot of the same ways that it was inconsistent last year. Uh, I think the biggest thing for me that came out of it was the 11, uh, because frankly, if our defense can give up 11 points a game, you know, we shouldn't lose. Even with the offense being inconsistent, we shouldn't lose. But more than that, even though the offense was inconsistent, I mean, this team last year when – you know, if it was last year's team, when SMU gets within 14-11, you know, I don't think we're going to score anymore. I think we're going to lose, you know, 18-14 to 14 or something like that if it was last year. Uh, this year, um, you know, when they were challenged, they went down the field and they scored a touchdown and, and went back to a two-score game. And then eventually were able to extend it out without, I don't think SMU, yeah, SMU didn't really challenge again before we extended it out and made it a 17-point game, and it was comfortable. Yeah, no but doubt. It did and get I, annoying there for a while, and th- and that's that's how I judge these things, is I don't get upset about just a game. I don't care if we win. <laughs> or, I mean, I do care, but if we win or lose, it doesn't change anything for me. I still got to go to work and take care of all these kids. So, yeah. um, But when when games get like that game did, when it got to 14 to 11, I get annoyed. And it, it's not yeah. any fun to be annoyed. <laughs> Well, so I mean, it's not even fun to watch touchdown right after that. Yeah, it's not even fun to watch 14 points over three quarters. I mean, I think that's what everybody was getting more annoyed about was, you know, we had we'd scored th- 14 points through three quarters and the week before. I know it was different competition, but, you know, I think it was 45 at halftime uh, the week before. You know, what I've noticed more than anything, I guess, is the depth that we have now. You know, guys last year seemed to be play- playing 90 plays. And by the fourth quarter, I think they were getting worn out. I, a lot of the defensive players, especially. And on that last drive or the next to last drive, um, there were a lot of young guys in there. I know they took uh, they took the, the starters out on some of those positions. And, and to see that depth, and I think that's what's making the difference from a defensive perspective, is being able to bring in guys that are fresher, um, guys that haven't been out there for 70, 80 plays. I looked at the plays this morning, you know, and, you know, the starters played in the 70s, but and that makes a huge difference rather than playing 90-some plays. And my, my biggest question on the offense is why I don't understand the running back rotation yet. And, may, you know, and I'm sure they have a, have a reason for it, but not getting to see Sawchuck and not getting to see, you know, the younger guys play a whole lot. I, Walker is clearly the, the best runner right now. There's no doubt about that in my mind. But the other guy's not getting a whole lot of snaps. Um, I just haven't understood that rotation yet and what's really happening. And I, again, I'm sure they have a reason for it. I know guys have been hurt, um, but I'm just trying to understand that aspect of it. And then guys that last week were our top right wide receivers getting very few touches this week um, or even plays this week. Um, I it, Petaway really didn't. I didn't. I didn't even see him out there much. And yeah, last week he's I don't the leading receiver. His name. No. And, you know, Gibson was, I don't think he was out there very much this week. And, I, you know, and I know he's been inconsistent in the past, but he made some some solid plays last week and was competitive towards the ball. And I just didn't see him out, out there much even. So 
I, I maybe they're just trying to get that stuff straightened out as to who really are the the guys that can lead the team and um, contribute and that they trust the most. Um, you know, this week they obviously had to trust some people when it became 14-11. They had to make some decisions about who they were going to trust. Yeah, yeah. Well, and I mean, we did, you know, I, I'd have to go back and look at the number of attempts, but, uh, you know, I think through the middle of the third quarter, we only had like 88 yards passing. Mm-hmm. Um, but it didn't, you know, again, without looking at the stats, well, now I'm going to have to look at the stats because I brought it <laughs> up. But without looking at the stats, it didn't, I mean, it felt like we hadn't thrown for a lot of yards, but it also felt like we'd been running the ball a lot more than we'd been throwing it. And that may or may not be right. That's just the perception that I had while the thing was going on. Yeah, and and the passes, the most of the passes that were thrown were little dump passes. And, you know, I don't know if that was from what SMU was doing. It looked like they were playing a lot of cover two um, and taking away the deep balls that we had had the previous week. Uh, and a lot of the, the stuff that was open was dump offs to running backs, dump offs to a tight end or, you know, something along that line. You know, one thing that did, I, you know, I, I love Austin Stogner. And, but the one pass he caught, he just – looked a lot he looked really stiff to me you know he used to be this really athletic guy and um i i don't know he just didn't look like the same guy to me for some reason and i i don't know what's going on there i hope it's just something maybe he's got a little tweak of an injury or something like that because you know i i remember those days down there in dallas of him just dominating going to the ball every time they threw it to him um and i i'm not seeing that this year and i don't think they have anybody else necessarily right now that is that kind of athlete at the tight end position and then you watch other teams out there. And I watched Texas and Alabama once I got back home. And the Texas tight end was just killing Alabama all night long. And we need, you know, at that offense and the previous offense needed us an athletic tight end. It was always a big part of the offense in my mind. And we, I don't know if we have that this year. So hopefully something will develop there. Yeah, well, and I mean, we've been spoiled because we had Braden Willis and he was exactly the kind of tight end that offense needs. And, you know, hell, we had to play him at quarterback last year, but we won't yeah. talk about that. Yeah, um, that was fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I looked I looked at the stats and, and you know, Gabriel only threw the ball 27 times. And I haven't looked at the breakdown of, you know, what he threw for by quarters, but I threw for 179 yards on 19 of 27. But the average the average uh, gain on the pass was only six and a half yards. So I think that was a lot of it. It was, we didn't throw it all that much and we really weren't going down the field. And I think they were take, they purposely were taking that away from us too. So. Yeah, they were trying to, I think they were trying to see how patient we'd be. And, you know, I didn't see Gabriel throwing into coverage a lot, which I know he had done a little bit last year. I didn't see a lot of that. He seemed to be pretty patient. Um, You know, I think there were some offensive line issues early in the game. It looked like, well, the, the sack that Bird gave up early in the game got him benched. Um, and so, you know, they're obviously making some changes there and trying to get things worked out. But, um, yeah, I, I don't know. It, it, it just seemed like they could never get a rhythm last night um, and get things really rolling in a positive direction until maybe the fourth quarter even. And some things right. started to happen in that fourth quarter. And, and, and it just kind of – they seemed to, to just roll in the fourth quarter. And that everybody right, was well, used it, to it. I mean, if you want to, if you want to be optimistic about it, you can say, or choose, choose to believe that it was a response to adversity, because again, that all happened after SMU cut it to within 14 to 11. And then after that, really, they weren't in the game anymore. We, we pretty much dominated the game after they got close. Yeah. And the great part about that was, is having the defense, you know, you go down and score the touchdown to make it what 21 to 11 and the defense stops them. 
you know, even in previous years, if the offense have gone down and score, I don't know that I had any confidence that the defense was going to stop them from coming right down and scoring again against us and making it a four point game again and right. getting the ball right back and scoring again to make it 28 to 11 just completely changed things. Well, and I mean, we all still have that, you know, Mike Stoops, Lincoln Riley, you know, PTSD <laughs> watching the tennis Double match down. stuff where it's, you know, just let them score so we can score again because we're just going to have to, you know, score more than you. Yeah, um, no doubt. You know, just just like that, just like that crazy game against Texas Tech where, you know, we won because they turned the ball over once and, you know, that was basically it. I mean, they turned the ball over once and we broke their serve. Um, yeah, which is never a way you should have to watch a football game. It's just wrong. Um, no, it's and, nice to have the defense back. And and like I said, it's nice to have that depth. I think that I really do think that's making a huge difference, especially on the defensive side. Um, you yeah, know, we're not well, getting as much. I'm not sure I've seen as many passes actively defended mm-hmm. in one game in years as I saw last night. Yeah. Guys, guys getting to the there, ball. They know mm-hmm. where the ball is. They're breaking it up. I mean, there was one play. I don't remember exactly when it was, but there was one play where they basically had, they had completed the pass, but our DB was a little late, but he came in with the big tomahawk arm and knocked the ball out. And yeah. we, I mean, we never saw stuff like that for years. They were never no, close they're, they're, enough to do it. They're competitive to the ball now, which is nice yeah. to see, you know, and I, and it's, and it's I, really, it's, it's heartwarming to see it. Really, is. Yeah. I mean, Woody Washington, they're, they're not throwing it. That's I hardly saw him at all last night. And I think it's because they're not throwing at him. Um, yeah. They seem well, to be picking I mean, on the other that, side. That has its own. I mean, I suppose it can be frustrating for him, but if he's good enough that they're not throwing at him, that, that, that has its own advantages as well. So yeah, exactly, exactly. So you know, I think I, I overall I was pretty happy with how things went. I that's, if somebody would have said that you know, hey, we're going to win by seventeen points and uh, the defense is only going to give up eleven, I probably would have taken that at the very start of the game. Uh, it just kind of was a strange way it happened, I guess. That probably people are having difficulty with. Well, you know what they say: good teams win and great teams cover. And I don't remember <laughs> what the spread was, but we covered it. It, you know, it got up to 18 at one point, and then they oh, bet it back it? down to 16. At, at Right before game time, it was around 16. It opened at 14 and a half. Um, oh, really? So everybody who had bet on Oklahoma won. Yeah, um, it's, it's ex- freakish the way those people in Vegas do those numbers. I mean, well, people, yeah. a lot of people don't understand that they set the numbers to even out the action. People think, exactly. oh, well, that's who Vegas thinks is going to win. No, it's got nothing to do with that. It's evening out the money so it balances what their risk is. Yeah, exactly. But and they got killed on Colorado. My understanding yesterday. <laughs> oh, I'm sure they did. Well, and and you know, I and I, I mean, you know, you have your own. I mean, you're from Colorado, but yeah, um, yeah. I have my own personal animosities toward towards Colorado. They're trash, <laughs> and they will be trash forever. That didn't Regardless relate of how to the good late they are 80s. on the football field. That didn't um, relate to the late '80s with Colorado, did it? <laughs> yeah. Well. The, the early to mid nineties more. But, okay. Okay. Um, well, that was where my personal grief with them came from. Yeah. Um, back when they were the, hey, only I'm not school a fan. To... Don't think I'm a fan. Of no, CU. I know. I know. <laughs> back when they were the only school to sell alcohol in the stadium. Yeah. I took a beer bottle off the head a couple of times there. Yeah. So. Well, no, they, they liked, they liked to, to come over to the end zone where, where they would put us and yell and throw things and, Yep. You know, do things that, I mean, you, you have to admire their commitment to it, I guess. 
even yeah. the K, even the K State people in the bad years when the K State fans were bad, when they were newly successful and and obnoxious about it, they were never like that. Yeah, um, yeah, they were never like that. But, There's too many other things um, to do in Colorado. They don't I, honestly. It's not CU football is not an important thing up there. No, um, there's no. Just, it's a pro sports town. Well, so. and I'm I'm pleased. You know, I think it's funny as hell that they're coming back to the Big Twelve, and we're not going to be there when they get back. Yeah, uh, because Thank I God. just assumed that we never have anything to do with them again. Of course, then I get gifted with Missouri, which I feel almost <laughs> as almost as strongly about Missouri as I do about Colorado. But strangely enough, that comes from basketball because yeah. of innumerable Friday night eight thirty first round Big Eight ch- uh, tournament games at Kemper Arena down in the in the bottoms by the river there, where yeah. those people yeah. have been there since eight o'clock in the morning drinking the whole day and i mean i've had missouri people come you know we're just sitting there and i've had missouri people come across the aisle of the arena and get in my face and we're not even sitting in the same section hey we went to a couple of those together a couple of those tournaments together i I think we did back in the Um, mid-90s so so that'll be fun to go back to columbia next year but we you know there's a lot of time to talk about that but yeah um did you get a chance to see any of tulsa's game no not particularly why was there something like no, no I mean, we just we play them next week, and I hadn't had a chance to look at them. I mean, they got thumped pretty good by Washington, but it was about what I expected. I mean, I but no, I haven't had a chance to see much of them. Um, yeah, the, it, Tulsa put out a Tulsa put out a tweet the other day. It's like the Kane fans are showing out because we've sold out the game. I'm like, eh, that's why I don't think that's who's showing out. <laughs> yeah, that's why. All I remember I, about that place, the last trip I made up there, was I had to take a bus from the fairgrounds to the arena because there's no parking. And then I could see, I, I, I think I remember seeing through the bleachers down through the bottom that, you know, it was, there, it's not like a concrete stadium like we have in Norman. No, it's an erector set like OSU's yeah. or Florida State's. And that's all I remember about it. And Josie was walking up the stairs and I asked him, please don't schedule another game there. But obviously he doesn't listen to me, so. Well, it's they've fixed it up. It's I don't know Have when they? that was, but it's it's okay. not. I mean, the last time I was there, it was pretty nice. They had redone redone a lot of it. Okay, I think um, that was two thousand two. The last time I was there was that the year one one year we played up there on a Friday night, and at the it end of the first been. half, it was three to nothing, and everybody we were winning three to nothing, and everybody was losing their minds. I I can't remember the score. I all I know is my it was the year my son was born. Um, and so that's why I know it was 2002. But oh, well, that makes I, you old then because your son's grown up. <laughs> yeah, he's 21 this year, unfortunately. So <laughs> you used to hold him at your tailgate right there across the street from uh, the stadium. So <laughs> I have children randomly wandering into the podcast studio. <laughs> it's what happens when you have five or six of them, Phil. Hey, I'm so sorry, you're what? going up there. What 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 consecutive game will that be for you now? Which which game? If Tulsa, you're obviously going. You go to every road game. Oh, so. that that's that'll be four four oh nine. Four oh nine. And when was so the last one you missed? You always tell me this, and I forget it. What was it? It was the Oklahoma at Iowa State, October fifth, nineteen ninety one. And why did you miss that game? Uh, well, because my friend who shall remain nameless, um, currently of Louisville, Texas, last I checked, 
the guy whose idea it was for us to go to all start going to all the games in the 91 season because the 90 season you know finished you know that was our last year on probation and our last yeah. year with no tv and all that and we played uh i guess we did we were on tv that year uh we played nebraska in the last game of the season and we just absolutely thumped them 45 to 10 and everybody was super excited we're coming off you know we're coming off probation we've whooped nebraska everybody was excited so we're like we're gonna go to all the games and i had known some people from church when i was a kid who went to all the games instead of going on vacations which i thought was was neat no i i still go on vacations too but um so i didn't quite do it the way they did but um (laughs) but anyway it was his idea to start going all the games so we're going to go to all the games in 91 and he's supposed to drive to Ames for this game and he he wusses out on me so I ended up going over to that was back when <laughs> if you wanted to watch a game on pay-per-view, you had to uh-huh. drive to the cable company office and get a special um, oh box, get a special box to yeah. watch just for that one game. Man, and you are old. <laughs> so I had to uh, I had to go get this box and we went to my friend's house who didn't drive and uh, and did the uh, uh, did the uh, the pay-per-view at his place. Hey, we're gonna have to take a break for a minute because I think I have children. I don't know what they're doing, but I'm gonna have to check it out. So go take care of them. We'll, we'll take a break for a minute. And we're back. My children Glad have not back. <laughs> hurt themselves significantly. I had to send one to his room uh, to maintain the peace and also possibly the quiet, uh, since they're some distance and we could hear them in, in here in the podcast studio. And we were, t- so. we were talking about your streak. That's what we were talking about and how all that went down that you didn't get to go to the Iowa state game. Oh, that's right. You yeah, ended yeah, up yeah. going over and getting the cable box. Yep. Ended <laughs> up going over and getting the cable box and watching the, uh, watching the, um, the game there. And I still have physically have the tickets for that game. How much was I, it? Does it have a price on it? Uh, I'm sure it, I'm at 20 or 30 bucks probably. You think it was that I'm, much even? I didn't think Iowa State would be that much. I don't know. I, don't know. I remember my it first was, Texas ticket was, was 20 so bucks. The next, the next weekend was the Texas game, October 12th. Yep. Yep. And um, that was uh, the first game of my, my streak. And uh, so now we're at 408 as of the SMU game. Nice. But, uh, well, congratulations. That's amazing. So. Well, thanks. I, I mean, I know a guy, I'll probably have to have him on here. I, I know a guy who's been to about 40 more in a row than I have. And so I, oh, you? I, yeah. Yeah. Really? Yeah. And I met yeah. him. Um, he's an interesting guy. I met him at the, he was, uh, he worked at the uh, Guthrie. He started working at the Guthrie golf and country club when he was like 15 and he retired at 45 after 30 years. And I don't know what he did, but he apparently did his retirement well because he lives over at the Waterford and just spends three months in Mexico every year. So, Dang. Um, yeah, but I'm doing the wrong uh, job. It was I guess. A 97 Jeez. OU Kansas game in Lawrence, uh, which had a very upsetting ending. But yeah, um, I was going to say we lost that game. <laughs> well, that was that game was a John Blake special because uh-huh. uh, we stumbled our way through it, and then at the end, we're within three. We kick a field goal to tie the game, mm-hmm. but we didn't have enough men on the line of scrimmage, so we mm-hmm. had to do it again. And then, of course, that one gets blocked. Yeah, and that one yeah. that that was back when I was writing for Sooners Illustrated, and I wrote this sort of avant-garde. Uh, you know, creative writing piece about it. 
which the editor was like, what the hell is this? But they ran it. Um, but well, anyway, I was living I'm at, in Austin, I'm at Texas. The, that was back when Southwest flew, you know, back before uh, when the, the uh, right amendment was still in effect at Love Field where they could only fly from Love. Southwest could only fly from Love. Well, anybody could only fly from Love Field to airports in states that bordered Texas. Yes, so you couldn't fly that. from Love Field to Kansas City. You had to stop somewhere. So that stop mm. was always for years and years was always Oklahoma City. Yeah. Which is why you could fly from Oklahoma City directly to Kansas City because that was how they got the people from Dallas to Kansas City. Yeah. Um, but it was great because it was a you know fifty five minute flight and you know it's a five hour drive it was definitely worth it. And usually usually cheaper than gas and yeah. fly up there, rent a car, drive over to Lawrence, go to the game, etc. So I'm at the thrifty rental car place in uh, in uh, at K- KCI in Kansas City. And this guy's there and he's wearing his OU stuff. And, or I take that back because that guy doesn't wear OU stuff. He actually wears the other team's colors usually. Um, not not like their logos or anything, just generically their colors. It's weird. Just a superstition thing? Uh, yeah, yeah. But, okay. but anyway, okay. so he, he had – his driver's license was expired. And so they wouldn't rent him a car. So he mooched a ride off of me to the game. And that's how I met <laughs> And that's and that the guy who has the current longest streak then that you yeah, know of. Yeah, he's okay. been going he's been going longer than me. And the only other person I know who'd been to more games in a row than that at OU was Merv Johnson, but he doesn't count because he was getting paid to do it. So Yeah. He had to be. Yeah, Merv's exactly. awesome. Don't get me wrong. That, yeah. That's not yeah. any negative towards Merv. I mean, when we uh when we started Sooner Spectator magazine, we did an event um that spring up with the OU club of uh, Stillwater. And at the time we had two infants and we, we brought them with us, my wife and I in the double stroller and, uh, and coach Johnson actually took care of them for part of the time <laughs> while we were doing our presentation. Uh, it, oh, was, nice. it was neat. He's a, he's a nice. great guy. He's a great guy. But, uh, well, that was when I was, I was down in Austin at that point in 97, um, you know, driving up for all those games. They, you know, you saw on, on Sooner Sports the other day, or on, on, I guess it was on Twitter, they posted the Syracuse game um, when McNabb threw up all over the field. And, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And we blocked yeah, when the it, field Yeah, I goal saw that because it was the, the, you know, I, every time I see that game, I was like, oh, the puke game, the McNabb exactly. puke game. <laughs> That's now, how I again, do it, the, too. The, the, younger, the younger folks don't know about that. Yeah, he just basically was under center and turned his head to the side and threw all up all over the place and then ran the play. For years, there were a bunch of us that referred to vomiting generically as McNabbing after that. <laughs> I remember that. Uh, I mean, literally, I it that. went on for a long time. Yeah, yeah. And that was the uh, that was the return game from our trip. We went up to Syracuse in 96, right? When we kicked a field goal to win the game. No, it was 90. Uh, was it earlier it was than 92. that? Okay. I just remember we got out to a big lead in that game. Whatever, year, whatever year the baseball strike was. You're asking me that? I maybe that was well. 93. I mean, the reason that I know that is because part of that trip was I was going to fly up. I flew up the morning of, which um, you know, left left Oklahoma City in the morning for a night game in New York State, and I actually uh-huh. made it, but I almost missed my connection. And now, actually, because of that, I don't I don't fly on game days anymore. At least not I don't fly in on game days because I don't want to have that happen. Um, but um, my plan was I was going to fly up. There was Labor Day weekend. I was going to fly up there, go to the game, and then I was going to drive to Toronto and go see a Blue Jays game. That was in '94. Huh? That was in '94. I just looked. It was it in '94. Okay. Yeah. Right. Well, yep. I was thinking it was '92, yep. but '94. Yep. Okay, '94. '94. And um, 
So I guess that okay, that was Blake. I mean, that was uh, Gibbs's last year then. Yeah, yeah, up there. Yes, I guess I had forgotten that was the. I guess I had forgotten that was the year. The thing I always remember about Gibbs Gibbs's downfall because I was at the game where everybody knew he was getting fired. Going back to Colorado, actually, because we played mm-hmm. Colorado that in '94, and uh, in the third quarter they were beating us 45 to nothing, and our guys were just laughing and cutting up on the sidelines and didn't really care. And um, yeah, I was just disgusted. I never leave early. I left that game a quarter early. I was I was well well on my way back to Denver by the time we actually scored sometime in the fourth quarter. Um, and that was one of the games where the fool, drunken fools came over and were harassing us and stuff like that. Yeah, so, I bet. I bet it wasn't great that but, game. Yeah, that was yeah. that day. We were down 45 nothing, and nobody seemed to care. I was like, yeah, he's done. <laughs> he's done. Same same, same exact thing that happened a few years later with Blake when, when uh, you know, we, we fumbled the ball on the Texas goal line, and then two plays later they get throw a 98-yard touchdown pass the other way, and we lose 34-3 or whatever it was. And you, know, you, you knew yeah. You, I don't know. You knew. I the knew writing was on the wall. Was done. Yeah. Um, yeah. So the writing was anyway, on the wall at that point. Speaking of people who were done, there was someone who was done who showed up on our field last night, and and I didn't find out about it till later on Twitter, and I was like, WTF? And it sounds like he was there before the game too. I guess. Well, he may so have been. I, don't I, don't know. I mean, I, I had my own. I had my own qualms about us hiring Jeff Levy at all because of what happened with him before and his association with his father-in-law at Baylor and all those things. Yeah. Um, but I, you know, I and everybody else ought to implicitly trust Joe Castiglione on these things. And from what he said last night, after all this blew up, it sounds like it had been discussed that. Yeah. But at know, what level, I guess, is my question. Was it that he's know. not going to be mean, doing that? Joe, Joe's comments certainly certainly seemed to indicate that it had been discussed that perhaps Art yes. shouldn't be hanging around, and because Joe wasn't happy that he was there any more than anybody else was. So yeah, and you know everybody recognizes it's his his stepdad and it's his grandpa to his kids and stuff like that. But there are opportunities to do some of those things after the game is over and not on the field and go right. you know go and, have and dinner I mean, together. I, I understand the guy's his kid's granddad. I don't. Yeah. I don't have yeah. a problem with him coming to the games. Hell, I I'd prefer he yeah. didn't. But it's a free country. I don't really even care if he's wearing an OU shirt. That's fine. Yeah. He's there to support his family. I got no problem with that. Yeah. But if he sets foot on the field or has any access that anybody who buys a ticket doesn't have, no, 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 no. Yeah, that's when things changed for me too. Somebody had to have let him down on the field, whether it was Jeff Lebby or somebody from the athletic department or a field ops, somebody. Somebody let him come down on the field. And that's when, it, and it just, to me, it goes to judgment. You know, uh, they have to know how that's going to be perceived. Both Art Bryles and Jeff Lebby have to, have to know how that's going to be perceived. And I, Bryles doesn't care. I, I have no doubt. He doesn't care how anything's perceived anymore. No. And, but Jeff, but Lebby has to recognize that there is still, People who who believe the things that happened there did happen, no matter what the result was with a court hearing or whatever else. Um, and nobody's hiring him. There's a reason nobody hired Art Bryles after that. And, you know, when you bring a guy down there wearing an OU shirt, it's not going to make people happy. And so how your his judgment of bringing him down on the field and thinking it was going to be OK is what I question more than anything else. And how is his judgment then on other things. If he's willing to do that kind of thing, 
Um, what is his judgment on other things? And that's the only thing I'm questioning, honestly, at this point. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, I, I, you know, I mean, I, I, I totally agree with that. It's, it's, uh, it's kind of like, you know, what did you think was going to happen? Yeah. I mean, this is, this is the internet day and age. Everybody's walking around with a broadcast quality device yeah. in their pocket to, to yep. record whatever happens. You don't think somebody was going to see him on the field and there wasn't going to be a picture somewhere. Yeah, and there's I mean, reporters, there, and just, I don't blame the reporter at all for posting. Oh, he's just it, you doing know? his I mean, job. He, exactly, exactly. I, you know, it, how, OU or whoever let him onto that field is the person that's responsible for everything that's blowing up now. And you know, I, I hope they can figure it out. I don't, you know, it's probably good that it's Tulsa Week rather than at Cincinnati Week or something like that because of the distraction that may come from that. Right. Uh, I'm not saying Tulsa is you know an easy game or anything, but it's obviously going to be easier than the Cincinnati game on the road. So yeah, well, and maybe I we think, can get through this. It, I mean, it's it, it it's going to be something that's not going to linger. It'll blow over quickly yeah. because it. I, well, I should say that it'll blow over quickly if it doesn't happen again. Yeah. If it happens again, then there's going to be a real problem. But but you know the judgment of this morning, and I, I, and I'm only understanding from what I read on the internet, and we all know that everything isn't true on the internet. But from a time recording perspective. He posted a photo of his entire family with Art Bryles on the field before the game, um, and that was posted today. He had to, he has to know that this is all blowing up just based on the press conference last night, and then to go and post something like that this morning almost feels like I'm going to do what I want to do, and I'm not going to be concerned that somebody thinks this is the wrong thing to do because I think it's the right thing to do by having him down there. That's what it felt like to me, and you know Joe was pretty upset, I could tell from his comment. And I think Brent in the press conference could, was showing that he was pretty upset about the whole thing as well and something he didn't want to deal with. You know, he's trying to change the perspective of, of OU football and and how it's been the last few years. Of, you know, we all went through Joe Mixon, and that was Bob Stoops, of course, but we all went through Joe Mixon, and that's what everybody's comparing it to. But, you know, that's also a player that had to pay a, pay a punishment for what he got. He got suspended and kicked off the team for a year. You know, what – what can happen to Levy here as a coach? He's a leader. He has to show his players good judgment and how to handle themselves in situations. And again, I'm going back to that, that I just don't think it shows good judgment on his part. And I hope that he'll come out and say, listen, I was wrong. You know, I don't think the press conference answer was right that he gave last night. I think getting out ahead of it now and saying, I was wrong. I see that now. I see the perception of this. He's still my dad. He's still my father-in-law. He's still my granddad and my kids. We're going to keep things private and that's okay. And, you know, it probably wasn't the best thing to do. And that's all he would have had to say in my mind. Right. No, that's, that's exactly right. So hopefully that 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 blows over and we don't have a repeat of it and it doesn't become a distraction from anything. Yeah. I don't want it to be a distraction. That's what I'm worried about. And, And, or hurt recruiting in any way. You know, I think people will use that against us potentially now of saying, you know, look, this is what's going. This is still what's going on, or what happened at Baylor. Is this what's going on at OU? We we know it's not. You know, we have a leader in, in Brent Venables. It's not going to allow that stuff to happen. But it's still recruiting is a lot about perception as well. You know, yeah. I mean, and, and eighteen well, year old kids. I mean, you know, down at Baylor, they used it as a recruiting tool. So well, maybe that's. And I <laughs> wish I was. I wish I was. I wish I was teasing about that, but I'm not. Yeah, you're right. You're right, um, and it and it's happened before, right? You know, I mean, at other places up, that they look say up you Kendall, can... look up Kendall Bryles and some of the things he was reported to have said in that whole yep. investigation about about the 
things that were available for players at Baylor. So exactly. I'll just, we'll just leave it at that. But you no, you're go, right. And you're right. You're you can right. go do I, your I own research, but it was appalling. I, I'm with you. I don't want it to become a distraction. I want this. I want to see what this team can do. I'm still hopeful that this team can, you know, move forward and make some big strides over, especially what last year was. And, you know, I've seen some things like we've already talked about with what, how they're moving forward this year. And I want to keep that momentum going. I don't want anything to be knocking us back at any point. So. Yeah, no, that's, we got, we got bigger fish to fry. Um, exactly. But uh, you, did you say you got to see part of Texas and Alabama? I saw the last quarter of that when I got home. Um, since I live close now to, to Norman, I was able to see the fourth quarter when I got home and, you know, Texas was impressive. I have to I have to give them they they bounce back. I don't think Alabama's the same Alabama they used to be. I do no, think yeah. they've fallen back. And I was, you know, I, I didn't really get to see any of it. I got to listen to some of it. Um, I guess we did catch a very little bit of it when we got back to Lenoble afterwards, but we were more concentrated on, on watching the beginning of the of the OSU game. But uh, yeah, I was wondering the same thing is about how much of this is Texas and how much of it is Alabama has, has finally fallen off, which was gonna happen eventually. Um and, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm the last person to root for Texas. You know, I only, I've only ever done it once and it was under extraordinary circumstances, but, um, <laughs> but, um, you know, if they had lost great, we could laugh at them, but frankly, them beating Alabama does nothing but help us. Um, yeah. because yeah. if we beat them, we sort of get credit for beating the ones who went on the road and beat Bama. And if, yeah. and if they, uh, and if they beat us, well, you know, they're supposed to. And, and clearly exactly. they'll be favored this year, which is fine. Um, yeah. I've, I've always been into the theory, if it helps OU, I'll root for anybody. You know, I, I don't like rooting for USC. I don't like rooting for Miami or Texas or Oklahoma State. And apologies to your wife. But I just, I know that if it helps OU, that's the most important thing to me. And so I'll root for anybody if it helps OU. So. Right, right. Well, and just for the record, the one time I rooted for Texas was in that national championship game against USC. <sighs> And it was only because USC was was less than a season away from getting to forty seven in a row. Yeah, they were they were as yeah, close no, as anybody's come. Yeah, and I'm yeah. willing to I'm willing to see Texas win a championship to to have that record stand because that that's a record that should never be broken. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it it's stood for yeah. it stood for what seventy whatever years and. Yeah. Uh, that that's of all the records we have, that's the one that that's the most important to me. Uh, yeah, no doubt. In my own no personal doubt. opinion. So, yeah. But, um, so what did you think what you saw of Texas? Like I said, I think they're, they're pretty athletic. Their offensive line was not good in my opinion. Um, you know, they got a lot of the, and, and I hate to ever blame a win or a loss on bounces, but a lot of the bounces went their way from what I saw in the fourth quarter, especially um, a lot of the, you know, Guys missing tackles, Alabama missing tackles. I don't think Texas is that good at tackling, especially in their defensive backs. You know, remember you you were you remember those years of Mark Clayton just running by people a few years ago, and CD Lamb has five guys. That's what they reminded me of uh, from a tackling perspective. You know, they they've got a, a big tight end that we're going to have trouble matching up against. I don't know how we're gonna 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 do anything with that. Worthy is fast. I mean, he's obviously really good. Um, until the fourth quarter, I didn't think yours did that much. Um, you know, he he was all right, but they couldn't run the ball. I think they averaged 2.2 yards a carry. Um, and Alabama's good. They've got a good defensive line. But, 
it's still, it's 2.2 yards of carry. You need to be able to do something else against that and figure out a way to get either outside or create holes inside. And um, so I don't, you know, I'm hopeful. I, I never go into Texas thinking we're going to lose. Um, and I never predict scores, but I, I'm hopeful that the guys take it personally, what happened last year and come out with a fire in their belly and hopefully playing a top three team, probably at that point, it'd be just like Texas to go and lose somebody next week. Um, yeah, you know, no, after, they, after they get that, a big win, <laughs> it's kind of like, it's kind of like the whole A&M thing. Was it last year or the year? I don't know. They, they think they're going to, it was two, it was two years ago. They were going to, you know, they were going to kill everybody and then they lost two or three games early. And then they went ahead and beat Alabama and still had yeah. a bad season. Uh, yeah. You know, that's, that's, that's even funnier than them losing all those games. <laughs> yeah. Like, it just makes it that much harder for them to deal with. But uh, it's probably good. They got Kansas at home. You know, I could see them if they had to go on the road and play Kansas. What? Kansas is beating Texas in football? Yeah. yeah. And I and I could see them beating them this year. I I think that being at home and they got embarrassed last time at home, I think there's going to be some extra incentive there. Oh, yeah, that's if it was right, a road game. Texas beat them last year, but the year before was when when uh, when yep. uh, that fullback caught the pass in overtime and beat them. Yep, yep. And they – yep, Exactly. So, and I, hey, by the way, the other thing I noticed the last night, I don't want anybody to think that guy uh, that caught the touchdown for, uh, for uh, the SMU was related to me in any way. Pilby was even calling him Ebby. Um, so, but he has the same last name as me, but no relation at all. Um, I had a bunch <laughs> I, of I people texting I me. I guess I didn't notice that. I had a bunch of people texting me, asking me, and I'm like, no, nope, nothing, nothing to do with me. So, speaking of, speaking um, of radio announcers, by the way, we were, uh, where were we going? I guess I was, we were driving to we were driving to Lloyd Noble before the game, and we were listening to Colorado broadcast on uh, Sirius XM, and and the uh, the number four twenty came up somehow. Four twenty. There's four twenty to go in the first half. I guess is what it was. Okay. And that the Colorado's announcer is like with four twenty to go in the first half, which is particularly appropriate here in Boulder. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Nice. Like, yeah, hey, the other thing it, I have to tell you last night that I did, I never saw before was on the two point conversion. You know, there was some pretty, we got called for some pass interference. The, the pass interference penalty on uh, Peyton Bowen was pretty questionable to me. Um, that got him down to the one and we, they scored. And then the two, the two point conversion, the guy pretty obviously pushed off um, to, to catch the ball in the corner of the end zone. And that's right in front of me down there. And I mean, the, the, the people that are down there were, all over the officials, especially the line judge. The guy, I'd never seen this in my life. The guy turns around and starts talking to the to the fans in the stands. He's making a little heart symbol with his hands um, to everybody and just kind of taunting people, but also talking to them about, you know, that's not my call and all this. I'd never seen that before in my life. And I was so angry that I hadn't, I thought of you immediately because I knew you always have your phone with you. Whenever, whenever you're sitting there in the stands, I should have had my phone ready and recorded that. Cause I had never seen anything like that. It was the line judge on the OU side and he was just, I bet it was a two minute conversation turned around with everybody in the stands and talking huh. to them and kind of taunting them. And, you know, and then the, the lead official came over, uh, the referee came over and kind of got him away from it all. And they were talking down there, but I'd never seen anything like it in my life that somebody, an official, a, a major college football game was turned around talking to the stand into the stands um, to all of us and listening to everything we said, he yeah. heard it all. So that it is was weird. incredible. It happens all the time in basketball. Basketball referees really? talk to people in the crowd constantly. 
because okay. I sit on the well, second close, row though, there, too. and and they're yeah. always talking to people. Yeah, and they're right on the yeah they're right on the court. I mean, I'm four rows up, and the guy was literally looking at all of us and what, hearing everything we were saying. Um, what, and were people those, were mad. I mean, it was. Were those American conference refs or were they Big Twelve? You know, I don't know. I'd never seen them before. I think it was the same. The referee, I think, was the same guy though from our Arkansas State game. Hmm. Um, because I came home and watched the tape, and every time he called a penalty and would get on TV, he would smile. If you go back and watch it, he's smiling as he's making the gesture for what the penalty was. Yeah, <laughs> and, and I remember that guy because his name is his name is Vandevelde, which reminds I me. I think of it the, was the same. He yeah. was the same referee. Now, whether or not it was the same crew, I don't know. It reminds but, it reminds me of that that golfer named Vandevelde who who oh, had yeah. the British Open yeah. who got in the got in the ditch Doped. and took like 50 shots to like he 10 cupped it. Exactly. So is that guy, is that guy a big 12 referee? Uh, I, he might be, I don't know. Okay. I'd have to so look at Maybe it. it was a big 12 crew. I would have thought the AAC would have brought their crew, but we did know. actually see it, They're probably not big 12 referees because they call it holding on the other team. Yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> so, because if they, if they were big 12 referees and they've done that, then they've hit their quota for us for the years to, to call yeah. holding on our opponent once per season, like they did last year. Well, how's your Mark feeling right now with his Texas Tech comments and everything? After well, they're off to an 0-2 start now. <laughs> Texas Tech's 0-2. I mean, I understand. I, I get it. I, it didn't bother yeah. me. You know, yeah. we're leaving, they're leaving. Uh, your Mark's done a really good job. And and frankly, you know, I think it would he be has. fun to, to, to stay in the conference now with what, what's coming in. Um, yeah. I'm glad we're leaving. Don't get me wrong. There were, there were a lot of reasons for that. And, and the conference, the conference as it's going to end up, um, you know, none of that would have happened if, if we don't leave with Texas anyway. Um, exactly. one, one thing yeah. I get a big kick out of every time anybody talks about it is that everybody blames Texas for this and they don't realize that it was us that went to Texas and says, Hey, we need to do this. And they went along. Yeah. Uh, yeah. we just kind of get Joe to was sit- upset about the 11 o'clock games. Yeah. I know well, that was a big part of as, it. as, uh, as one particular internet Twitter denizen posts all the time. When something like this comes up, we just wanted to play Nebraska at night and this is what you get. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. We just had one request and they could same help guy us. who will tell you that a hot dog is a sandwich. That guy. Oh, okay. All right. Now I know who you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, uh, you know, I don't know if you remember, but you, uh, you played a big role in, in the whole Sooner Sports thing and, and where Sooner Sports is oh, now. I, you know, we I talked remember. a little bit earlier. Gonna, that's what we're going to title this podcast. How did Soonersports.com get its name? Because yeah. I did not ask you to do this just because you're a guy that I've known for a long time who knows OU football, <laughs> but because you were a, a pretty, pretty influential early OU internet guy in your professional life. Well, we, you know, that's how we all kind of met. That's what's funny that's about true. it. And I'm still, I'm still friends with a lot of the weather guys and uh, some guys in Houston and actually a guy in Columbia that I'm still friends with. And, um, you know, back in the mid nineties, I was working down in Austin um, for a site called go big 12, um, which was actually run and owned by the Austin American Statesman or Cox media at the time. Um, and we had kind of the preeminent chat room, I think at that point, um, and message boards. Um, but we had no affiliation with the, with the conference in any way. Um, we were moving that direction. I can tell you that I had met with the big 12 and, um, we did, we did a merchandise deal at the time, um, to have, uh, all the big 12 teams merchandise. 
And um, after all that happened, Cox and uh, the Austin American Statesman decided they wanted to focus on Texas and not have a, as big a Big 12 focus. And it was, you know, that was during the early Blake years and OU wasn't great. And, you know, it was it was pretty much Texas's conference to do what they want. A&M and, and Nebraska were pretty good back then. But um, so I actually took a job out at a place called Fans Only. Now, I wanted to make sure I clarify Fans Only. OK, no, it's only fans, and, right? No, that's the same place, no, right? I, thank God. Thank God it's changed since then because they don't maybe, have maybe that we'll title Maybe we'll make that anymore. the title of the podcast. Mark Eby of OnlyFans. <laughs> yeah. No. Um, <laughs> but we have – now my face is red. Nobody can see me, thank God. I told but, you I wasn't going to uh, post the video. This is audio only. <laughs> yeah. But we, we did about 50, 55 websites back then. We were the first place that, that did all the all the athletic site websites. And uh, so I went out there to work for them as a marketing manager and – um, like I said earlier, we were the first one to do audio on sports on the, on the internet. And, um, the reason it happened is because I'm an OU guy living in California. I can't get the games. And I'm, I used to call in to the radio station that was hosting them and they would put me on hold and let me listen to the game. And I would, that's how I would listen to the games. That's crazy. Um, I used to, I used to back when I would record the games on v- VHS tapes, mm-hmm. I would have one that was recording the game regular and then i have another one that had the video input from the cable box and i would plug my stereo into the other one and leave it turned on to the you know ktok or whoever they were broadcasting the game at the time so i could get a version of the game that had the synced up radio audio it's a much better it's a much better way to listen to it i'll tell you i still do that with toe i know you listen to the games inside the stadium i do the same thing um that's how i get injury updates that's how i get all the all the stuff that's going on on the sidelines in a lot of cases yeah, it feels it feels um, very strange when i i forget to bring extra batteries or whatever and i have to watch a game without <laughs> without that bug in my ear it's really odd exactly. I, listening to it without exactly. the, without the radio broadcast is weird now it is fun so to, i think it, it is fun to listen to the other teams occasionally and and mm-hmm. you know pro tip um just, when ou's on the road their their hardware that they use to um broadcast the game throws off an fm signal that you can hear in the stadium which is that they, yeah. they tweet that out and they tell you that well the yeah. other team's hardware does the same thing so if you want if you look around on your am radio or excuse me your fm radio dial um at home games you will probably find the side feed of the uh, oh, I hadn't thought about of the that. other team's broadcast and the reason yeah. that that hardware does that is so that the the field reporter can hear the guys upstairs talking to them because they don't. That's how they okay. hear them. They don't have a direct. That's connect. the return basically for them. Communication. Uh, that's yeah. how they hear yeah. them, hear them, hear what they're saying up in the booth to the people on the field. So. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. anyway, just you know, if you're listening and you want to try that, you can because it's it is interesting to listen to the other teams broadcast occasionally. Usually, when I do it is when we're on the road and we're thrashing somebody, and then I go and listen oh. to their broadcast for a while. You want to hear what they're saying. I've done it in Texas a few times just to hear what they're saying. Well, and, and I, will say, right. I will say this. Uh, Craig Way at Texas is one of the best play-by-play guys anywhere. I love listening to that guy. He's really good. That's one of the few things we disagree on. You don't like him? <laughs> I I don't, uh, you know, I I don't like anything to do with Texas. <laughs> That's just me. <laughs> I, I readily admit it. I lived in Austin for three years and as an OU person, and it just... I. Well, There's not a have, whole lot that you I have that experience and probably the trauma that goes with it to to inform you. Um, yeah. I don't. I haven't had that fortunately. So, I mean, I, I have well, had trauma just, imposed on me by people from Austin, but that's that's for another podcast. 
Um, that's, yeah. that's the podcast where we talk about how I, how I accidentally created the very first original internet recruiting scam on my very oh, own yeah. by myself. Suzanne Halliburton. She's your yeah. buddy. Isn't but that's, she? We'll talk about her. <laughs> we'll talk about her another time. That is, that is for a different podcast. Uh, so anyway, back to my point, I was out there at fans only. I think it was 97, 98. We, I went down to Oklahoma. Um, I had known a lot of people from my Learfield uh, back then. Texas was also Learfield. And so I was able to do a lot of things with OU and Texas with my go big 12 stuff. And I called Oklahoma and said, Hey, you know, I went to school there. Um, played some sports there. What is there any way we could do your website for you? And they said, yeah, you know, we'd like that. So I flew out and got that deal done. And um, at the same time, we were looking for a URL. We had no idea um, what we were going to name that site. Um, tried to come up with different things. And I think I did an internet search for all these different things. And I did Sooner Sports, put in Soonersports.com. And all of a sudden, your name pops up. And I said, hey, I know this guy. Maybe I can fly out there and convince him to, I don't know, do something, help us out somehow, you know, and I'm thinking, is he going to charge us 10,000, 20,000, $50,000? You know, that's all you heard about back then was people charging exorbitant amounts for URLs that they had booked when it first started. It was um, like NFTs yeah. here recently. It's yeah. Like, these are yeah. things that people are paying lots of money for, for no apparent reason. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So I think we went to dinner. I, I took you to dinner. I can't remember even where it was that we went to dinner, but I remember sitting across from the table from you and saying, you know, hey, this is what we want to do. Be a nice guy. Be a be an OU guy for me here. Come on. Help me out. Let me let me have this URL. And at the time, I think all you asked us for was the registration fee was to help pay the registration fee. You had registered it maybe for a few years in advance or something yeah, I, like that. I, I was going to, at the time we were doing soonerfans.com and I was thinking of doing something different and I didn't know what, but I was going to come up with a different name. And I came up with that one. And then, uh -huh. uh, and if I remember right, um, if I remember right, and you can tell me this, but if I remember right, when you came to me about it, you know, everybody there really liked it and that was the name they wanted. And then you're like, Oh, somebody already has it. <laughs> yes. Yes. I mean, we didn't think back then in 96, 97, you're not thinking that, you know, all this yeah, stuff's going to be registered yeah, already. Nowadays, everybody assumes that every domain name is taken. Like, exactly. I, I started up my, my photo website last week with, I'm posting all my pictures from the games. It's just, just pictures. And I was sure I was like, well, I'm going to keep it simple. I'll call it soonerphotos.com. But somebody, surely somebody, some photographer, somebody has that. I type it in. Mm -hmm. Nope. Available. Nope. Okay. Boom, boom, wow. boom. And you know, my You're website's done. up two days later with that domain name. So. Yeah. At the same time, I was working on the big 12 conference um, website and most people probably don't remember it unless they're old like us, that its original name was big 12 conf C O N F.com was the original name of the big 12 conf. And so we had to go and find big 12 sports too, at the same well, time. And that's kind of where the idea of that you think came that, from. You think that's bad. Do you remember what the original domain name at OU was? I don't remember it. It was U O K N O R. Oh my god! University of Oklahoma <laughs> Norman. U O K N O R. That's what they came up with. They probably still wow. own it. It probably still works, but yeah, um, yeah. But it was a lot of fun to work with you back then, you know, and to to know that we've it's that's twenty five years ago now when we look back on it. Yeah, that's uh, you know, that's nineteen ninety eight. And I and I yeah. still tell the story, and and uh, you know we're gonna have. Uh, Unless something falls through, we're going to have some other old school OU internet people on, you know, later this month to talk about some of these things. But 
Um, I mean, I had a website. I had an OU. I had the second OU football website before, an o, and it was before OU had one. And I learned to do it uh, over Christmas. I took a week off of work over Christmas break, 1995, and learned how to do HTML coding on a on a word processor, and built built the wow. website that way. And wow. people, you know, yeah. I mean, there were and there were a lot of little single page websites back then, you know, that people had built. Well, and you go back, you, and know, at, you can go back on the internet archive and look at, you know, RD, RDHOUSE, RDHouse.com. Go look at that on the internet archive. And I think it's still on there going back to almost the very beginning. And these clunky looking things and what, what people these days, young people, people who grew up with graphical uh, website design software don't mm-hmm. understand is that we literally had, if it was bolded, we had to put tags around the text. On each side. It's like formatting a a (laughs) word processing document. Yep. Yep. You had to know all the slash A, close slash, and all this other stuff. And and that's why they were clunky looking. You're lucky to get anything on the page at all. Exactly. Exactly. I remember I remember a site, there was a site, and I think the weather guys had it back then, the um with the whole debate of Jacques Vaughn and Ryan Miner and who should have been the uh player of the year that year in the conference. Jacques Vaughn. Um, Jacques Vaughn still annoys me. It was a whole website. Jacques Vaughn is still annoying. Is he still? Is he a head coach in the NBA? I have no. I don't follow the NBA club. You know, my time is is OU at this point. Uh, so, you know, I I don't know. He probably is. I it wouldn't put it past so, you know, me. You know, you know, it never would have occurred to me that like Jacques Vaughn and Tyrone Liu, both the guys who we saw come through Lloyd Noble Center a jillion times, would both be head coaches in the NBA. Um, I never would have thought uh, Zach Taylor was going to be the head coach of the Cincinnati Bengals either, though. So yeah, well, no, yeah, and the thing—the only reason I remember him at all is that he was the guy from Norman who went to Nebraska yeah. and played against us in that Big Twelve championship game. The, exactly. The, that was the exactly. and that was the game that where Malcolm Kelly's you know post game rap became famous, I believe. Yep. Because now exactly. you know, they, well, you know this—they they they for the last few years they play that before the games in the stadium. <laughs> I know it used to be Ozzy Osbourne, and now we've moved to Malcolm Kelly doing a rap. So yeah, and I think isn't he is he coaching at wasn't he coaching at TCU or some place? TCU, yep, he's a wide receivers coach at TCU. The last I heard, I think he's still there. He's done a good job. I mean, they they've got good wide receivers down there. There's no doubt about that. Yeah, and it's interesting. But that's there's kind a lot of the story of our, the, our there's there's a lot of guys from the Stoops era that have become become coaches that people don't even realize. Yeah, yeah. But that's kind of the story of how you and I got to know each other. And uh, yeah, it is hard to believe 25 years ago. I, I remember hanging out with you at tailgates there across the street from where the parking garage is now. Oh yeah. And, when we uh, rented you, the, uh, when we rented yeah, the, the front, front yard, yard of that house, Yep, we exactly. rented the front the yard and, and they were nice enough to drop an extra line off their direct TV dish so that we could just hook into it rather than, rather than setting up our yep. own dish every time we came over there. Exactly. And, and how things have changed since then. And nowadays, wow. nowadays, you know, we don't even need a dish because you just get the, you just, I mean, we, like when we do our tailgates, we just put up our Starlink on the RV, which is like having a cable motor. Yep. And we just stream yep. to the TVs on the tailgate trailer. And it's, I mean, it's great. Yeah. I'm glad they were able to get the tailgating back on Lindsay. I hope, I hope we can get that even expanded more. Cause that used to be a lot of fun too, going over there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, and that's yeah. The south side and, of Lindsay. really what they so. ought to do is probably just close the street off entirely, but they can't that, because people like me have to get in there to park at the parking garage by the stadium. <laughs> 
Yeah, but couldn't they park, couldn't they block it from the stadium entrance there on Lindsay down to the corner of Jenkins? Well, no, they did block it. That's always that's blocked off. It is blocked. Okay. Yeah, that's blocked. And just, off. I'd, I'd even I wouldn't be opposed to people tailgating the street, you know, setting stuff yeah. up in the streets and yeah, I, you know, things we, like that. We, we've got a we've got an RV spot at the Lloyd Noble because our we got we got that RV and the the tailgate trailer yeah. and everything, and it's we got a big we got a big setup, but it's. Uh, I like that trailer. I wish I'd have had that a long time ago. It was a pain to last year. I was, we were doing it in the year before and I was setting up TVs, you know, I had these big carrying bags that cost more than the TVs to keep them from breaking and, yeah. you know, pulling them out and setting them on the tripods and all that. And it was just a pain. Now we just open up yeah. a big window on the side of the trailer and fold the, fold the TVs out, plug the trailer in. And I mean, hell it's got a kegerator in it and a fridge and the RV next door and, yeah, it was great. We got a yeah. big old, big old griddle that we just roll, you know, home home size griddle. We just roll into the back of it, and uh, yeah, it's a good deal. You're ready for having SEC, a good time. You're SEC ready then, huh? You, I said you're SEC ready then. You're you're going to be down there at all those SEC well, tailgates yeah, but, when that starts. You know, the out. problem is we so. bought that RV like three months before they announced the SEC thing. I'm like, well, if, they, if I had known that, I probably wouldn't have bought it because I ain't got time to drive to Auburn. You know, it's like a thousand miles. I haven't got, I got, yeah. I've got to work. I, I don't have time to drive yeah. down there. I'm going to have to fly to most of those games. I mean, I'm sure we'll, I'm yes. sure we'll take the RV to some of them, but um, you know, most of those road games are going to be, are going to be flights. And I don't even know how the hell you, where do you fly to go to Auburn? You fly to Atlanta and drive. Like, I think there's going to be a lot You'd of flying to, to Atlanta yeah. and driving. Yeah. Yeah. But you could take it to New Orleans or down to Baton Rouge next year. Well, yeah. Well, well yeah. My wife already That'd told be a fun me, trip. yeah, we're not staying in Baton Rouge. We're going to stay in New Orleans, and I'm not coming anywhere near Baton Rouge. You can drive up there and go to the game, and then you come back and see me, and I'll be in. That's the one game I'm, I am going to go to if I can find some tickets. So I that's I want to see what that place is like. Yeah. You know, I've been to Tennessee and Ohio State and all these well, places. And, 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 and I suspect it's not going to be nearly as bad as people who were in New Orleans for the 2004 Sugar Bowl think it was. Yeah, that was bad. Because, yeah. I mean, I've – I've been to a playoff game against LSU since then, the one in Atlanta and where they waxed yeah. us. But I mean, I had like two people say tiger bait to me. And that was it. It wasn't, yeah. it wasn't a problem being around them. They weren't obnoxious or, or harassing people for the most part or anything like that. I think that that deal in new Orleans was just a function of what was going on, the stakes, you know, we're playing for the national championship and then we're playing in New Orleans and there's 500,000 LSU fans there that aren't going to the game that are just there to exactly you know, be drunk and cause trouble. So, yeah, but yeah, yeah I mean, exactly. I, I, no, I know, I, tend to agree I know people who, <laughs> I know you people who have not, who have intentionally and for that reason, not set foot in the city of New Orleans since that happened. And we're going on 20 years since that happened. Yeah. Yeah, Exactly. So. Yeah, it was bad, and I and I I tend to agree. I think it was a lot of drunk local people that weren't even planning on going to the game. They just wanted to go down there and eat, rile things up a bit as much as they could, and that was the way to that was the way to do it was to just you know walk around downtown New Orleans and yell stuff at people. So yeah, yeah, but I, I'm looking forward to it. I think it'll be a good time going to those. I want, I'm ready to see some new stadiums. You know, like I said, I've been to Tennessee, I've been to Florida, um, been to Alabama. Um, same but you know i'm looking i'm looking forward to seeing some of the other places i do want to go to old miss and i do want to go to auburn and see those places I'm, and my biggest so. question is how does starkville compare to lubbock <laughs> that's a good question 
It's like <laughs> that's a good question. A more humid Lubbock that's further away. Maybe I don't know. Maybe I'll like. I'm not going to miss Lubbock. They call it Stark Vegas. Maybe it, maybe it's great. I don't know. I <laughs> we'll see. I mean, you, you can tell I, what I'm, I'm not ex- looking My expectation is not is not that. I've always assumed that the whole yeah. Stark Vegas thing was sarcastic, but but the school yeah. embraces it. So and it one was. of our guys is running it there. So who knows? Yeah. Well, yeah, that Zach may help down there. Maybe he'll. Yeah. Well, he's, maybe he'll take I, care. I, of I, I'm expecting. Bit, I'm so. expecting whenever Joe retires that Zach will come back and take over. That's why he went down there to get some experience so he could come back. Yeah. Yeah, I tend to agree with that. He's a good guy. So oh, you'll miss him. So did a lot, a lot of good for the university. Yeah, so I, I don't, I agree I don't with have that. too many he, dealings with folks like that. The last time I, uh, last time I really dealt directly with anybody at an AD was years ago, uh, when I had a an exchange with Miami's AD after we practically got murdered trying to leave the stadium when we played them down there. Cause at the yeah. time, uh, Kirby Hoka was their AD and I had actually met him when he was in development at OU. I mean, we weren't friends or anything, but we shaken hands. And I figured that yeah. was enough of an in that I could, I could email the guy and say, Hey, you know, I don't know if you remember me, but you need to do something about those people. <laughs> and, and it, did it change anything you think? Oh no. But I mean, exactly. he was very nice and, and he, he emailed me back and was like, yeah, I know. And, you know, it's been that way for a long time and I haven't been here that long and we're trying to do some things. And and I don't. Yeah. And then he went from Miami well, to Lubbock, which you want to talk about some culture shock there, boy. I won't miss that trip to Lubbock. So, no, I can't say as I will either. I'm not I'm not unhappy to miss them this year. And I and I will yeah. be I will be uh, perfectly honest. I'm not at all ashamed to admit that I'm I'm happy missing Kansas State because they're a pain in the ass. I mean they've beaten yeah. us three out of four or whatever. And I mean yeah no yeah annoying you know yeah yeah no I mean I have I have friends up there obviously being you know having worked in Kansas for 20 years but it's not you know I'm not gonna miss going up there and be, and dealing with that either. So K KU's never been anything now you know now we're going to go up there this year and it'll probably be sold out but um, yeah it was it was strange yeah. uh it was strange the other night we were watching the we watched some of the KU game against Illinois and the stadium was practically full I'm like what alternate universe yep. are we living in they people don't go to games at Kansas I have a daughter in school there now Phil do you really so yes my daughter goes to goes to KU she's That's a right. sophomore I've got there a nephew, at KU I've got a nephew so, in Texas my wife went to Oklahoma State it's fine this yeah. is all just Don't tell her I'm not going to miss going to Stillwater either. This is so. all just sports. <laughs> it's just yeah. fun. Nobody re- it's just sports hate. Nobody really hates anybody. Yeah. Actually. Yeah, agreed. Maybe, agreed. maybe a little bit, but you have to get like <laughs> I I I truly harbor hate in my heart for Cal, which doesn't make any sense. But well, the, we were at that game together. Well, too. I got spit on, man. Did you get splinters in your butt too? I got spit on at Cal. For wearing the that other team's colors, from back from the game, probably yes. going down the fraternity row there. Yep. Fraternity row, yes. Yep, yep. I got yep. spit on. I remember that, and I had splinters in my rear end walking down through there from the wooden old wooden bleachers that they yeah, had on the seats that was, everywhere. That was before they that was before they renov- spent a ridiculous amount of money to renovate a stadium that never should have been built in the first place. Yep. And I about had a heart attack. Not that I'm you know a big guy by any means and wasn't out of shape, but walking up to that stadium was the Oh, worst God. walk of my Woo-hoo. life getting up there on that hill. Yeah, so. well, yeah, because there's no place to park anywhere near there. Nope. You got to park down in downtown nope. Berkeley, 
And then that fools yep. built the school on the top of the hill and the stadium's at the yep. top of the hill that the school is at the top of. Exactly. And I get, I and get up lost. there and this guy that I know <laughs> comes tootling by on some kind of a little shuttle bus or something waving. Hey, how you doing? I was ready to strangle him. I'm like, that was before I lost a bunch of weight. I was sweating like a fat guy because I was a fat guy walking up a hill when it was really hot. Oh, uh, see, we got all these memories. San Diego State, Cal, all this stuff. UCLA. Oh, yeah, San Diego. Were you at the All game? these games that we've been to. I was, yeah. Yep. I was in the end zone. That was the Two, game. Where, other, I went the other, what, four years ago, too? Five years DeMond, ago when we played out there as DeMond well. Demond Parker ran so, wild, and we turned the ball over 52 times State. and had no defense and got thumped. Yep. And I think that, yep. that yep. game probably set the record for the game that ran the latest at Oklahoma time because that game probably was not over till close to 2 in the morning. Well, I'll give you something you'll probably remember after I say this, but they were handing out signs outside the game that said, Beat the Okies, and it was O-A-K-I-E-S. <laughs> Do you recall that? You don't recall that? I it was the newspaper. To, that, I pr- if it was something that I could have got my hands on, that's the kind of thing I would like save. Now, it was I may have newspaper. that in a box somewhere. I don't know. Yep. The Union Trib made them, and they said Okies, O-A-K-I-E-S. <laughs> That's like when you're on the plane flying back. It's like, well, we're, we got an hour to go to get into Oak City. I'm like, stop that. Nobody says that. <laughs> Nobody who lives here says that. Yeah. Well, sir, it has been a pleasure having you on. And Good catching uh, up. Uh, I'm glad you enjoyed the game yesterday and I'm sure we'll do this again. I'm trying to kind of spread it around to different people as we get going. And maybe at some point somebody will listen to some of these, who knows? I haven't even checked. I'm having a good time doing them though. So, uh, well, good. That's the most important thing. Have fun, man. And enjoy the games. So. That's right. Well, it's, you know, I, I wrote those, those post game things for so many years and it got old and it just became formulaic and I'm just recapping the game. And I'm like, well, this is boring. I'm going to do something different. So we're doing this instead. Plus you had to take play by play on your little notebook. No, no, I quit doing that a long time ago. When (laughs) when I discovered that they put the play by play in the, in the, you can just download it. Yeah. So yeah, I quit. That's the other thing I remember sitting next to you. Interestingly enough, my brain keeps track because I would go through their, their, uh, you know, uh, app generated or program generated uh-huh. notes that they do while the thing's going on. And I would find mistakes where they left a play out or they got something wrong or something like that. So, uh, because yeah. I'm, it was always fun to sit next to you at those games. So, Oh yeah. Watch well, I, I don't know if I said this last <laughs> week in the OSU game. I think I told this story on the last podcast anyway, but I'll say it again. In the OSU game last year, uh, they, there was a play when they, their, um, they ran a trick play and handed it off to a guy who then threw it. Uh, out of bounds because he didn't have anybody to throw it to. And I lost my mind because I know that that, you know, that rule only applies to the guy who takes the snap. If you give it to somebody else, you can't intentionally ground it like that. And everybody in the section was looking at me like I was a crazy man because nobody knew the rule until five minutes later, after they had a conference, they threw the flag. Nice. Nice. But yeah, the one thing I want to do with you now is we need to go to a golden Knights avalanche game at some (laughs) point. Cause I think that would be fun. (laughs) Yeah, no, we're going to go um, – they're playing in uh, – the Knights are playing in Dallas the the Saturday after the college season is over. My wife and I are going to go down and go to that game, and then we're going to – I think we're going to go see the Cowboys. Uh, I think we're nice. going to see the Cowboys that weekend too. But. Well, when we get a chance, we're going to have to meet out in Vegas and go to a game there. 
Well, so, we can do that. We can do that. You can stand me with my Avalanche jersey on. That's next all right. Year, so. I'll wear my. I, we'll you do know, it. I don't. I don't <laughs> like the Knights' main logo. I like their secondary logo with the Vegas star. So they, when they came out with the alternate jersey that was red with the Vegas star, that's the one I got. That's the nice. one I wear. That's nice. the one I wore to the Stanley Cup Finals a few months ago. Well, I've never been to a game where we disagree on things like that, so it might be well, fun be to fun. just go to a game where we disagree on the outcome. And and so. and we really are Knights fans. We adopt. We didn't have a hockey team. We adopted them the year they started. So we. It's not. Just, yeah, I remember. We're just not just doing it. Just I mean, we really are fans of the team. So. Yeah. I actually yep. I actually got a, uh, I got a little crystal Stanley Cup with some of the ice from the from the finals in it. Really yeah. nice. It's not ice nice. anymore. Well, I understand. <laughs> I'm I'm that way with the Astros too, you know. So I have to tell people, no, it's not just a new oh, thing. You have We've like been, a, commem- been, a commemorative plastic garbage can. Uh, no, and we're not going there. Okay, <laughs> they won the they won it they won it last year too. So. <laughs> All right, Mark. Well, but it's, anyway. it's been a pleasure having you. And yep. uh, you headed to Tulsa next week. I'm going to try and make it up there. I don't have tickets yet, but I'm going to try and make it up there. That's, well, you, you it's know, there might not be any available because the Canes fans are showing out up there. They sold it out. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see how much red's there. All right, man. Well, thank you for coming on, and we'll uh, we'll talk to you next time. Okay, bud. Have a good season. All right, you too. And that will, that will conclude this week's episode of the On the Road podcast. Again, I'm your host, Phil Owens, and uh, we'll see you next week.